Memorial Day is a holiday dedicated to those men and women of our armed forces who have paid the ultimate price by sacrificing their very lives for our freedom and protection. They consider their lives expendable so that a greater good could be accomplished or a higher prize won. It is fitting for time to be set aside to remember their sacrifices, the sacrifices of many people over many years. I hope you appreciated the countdown we used before the service today, which highlighted the number of Americans who have given their lives from World War I up to the present. We tend to forget what it has cost other people for us to worship in any way we desire, or for us to express our opinions freely without repercussion from our government or anyone else. So this weekend, we honor the brave men and women who gave themselves in service to the United States. Would you take a moment with me to thank God for them? God, we do not want to be ungrateful people. We do not want to act as if all that we enjoy came easily and without cost. We know that a great many people gave their lives so that we could worship you freely today. But we are forgetful. Help us to truly appreciate their sacrifice. Help us to truly appreciate the blessings we enjoy because other Americans made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. If we knew any of them personally, help us to honor them by focusing our thoughts and prayers on the brave men and women still serving us today. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. On this Memorial Day weekend, I want you to know there is another person who paid the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his life so that we could have even more than freedom of religion or freedom of speech. His sacrifice gave us freedom from sin and death for eternity. Do you know who I'm talking about? I suppose you do. We celebrated his sacrifice last week as we talked about his death on the cross of Calvary. I'm sure you know his name. So say it with me. Jesus. What is his name again? Jesus. There is no one that we should remember more fondly or respect more freely than Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus' very name means God saves. Matthew tells us that his earthly father, Joseph, was told to name him Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He saved us from our sins and their ultimate consequence, eternal death. Jesus gave his life and paid our penalty so that we could go free. He set us free from the prison that had held us all in its icy grasp since the beginning of human history. This morning we want to talk about the thing which proves that Jesus did what he said he came to do, to save us from our sins. If it weren't for this one thing, Jesus' death on the cross would have only been a tragic mistake and the greatest injustice any human being has ever suffered. And what is that one thing? His resurrection. Jesus' bodily resurrection from the dead. So let's think about the resurrection for a few minutes this morning and the difference that it has made in our lives. Anyone who's heard of Easter has probably heard the story about Jesus' resurrection from the grave. To be sure, some people only think of Easter as a holiday celebrating the arrival of springtime with Easter eggs, flowers, and bunny rabbits. But most Americans know that Easter is also a Christian holiday, celebrating the belief 
that Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago. Do you personally believe that? Do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, thus proving his power over the grave? I hope that you do, but you might not. This belief in the resurrection of the dead is a fundamental part of the Christian faith. Eternity hinges on whether Jesus rose from the grave or not. If the resurrection didn't occur, we have based our faith on a lie. The Apostle Paul said, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. 1 Corinthians 15.9 Please watch this fifth video from Dr. James Norrid and the story of Redemption Films. The resurrection message and story is an inspiring one which has given hope to millions of people around the world. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Now the stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could walk out. Jesus, in his resurrection body, was able to walk through walls. The stone was rolled away apparently so that the women who go to the tomb can see that in fact it was found empty. Instead, the angel was there to announce the good news that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. John's Gospel tells us that Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early in the morning, and there she found the tomb empty. And so she ran out to tell Peter. And so Peter and John both run towards the tomb, and John actually outruns Peter. And they get there, and Jesus, of course, is not there. He's been raised from the dead. But Mary Magdalene is there, and she's outside the tomb crying. Mary Magdalene was one that Jesus had reached out to and had cast out from her seven demons. He had showed value to her in her life. He had, in fact, redeemed her. And now, the Savior that she had put so much hope in was gone. And so she was crying. And Jesus was standing there, but she did not recognize him. And he asked her, Woman, why are you crying? And she said, They've taken the body of my Lord, and we do not know where he is. And thinking he's a gardener, she says to him, Sir, if you have taken his body away, please tell us where it is. And Jesus says to her, Mary. And she turns to him and she says, Rabbanai! my teacher, my God. And Jesus tells her to go and tell the disciples that he has in fact been raised from the dead. And she runs from the tomb crying, exclaiming, I've seen the Lord, I've seen the Lord, I've seen the Lord. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and that, my friends, changes everything. It changed the lives of Mary and Peter and John and all of the disciples and it changes the lives of all of those who today believe and understand this message. Now the resurrection account is extraordinary enough, but there are details in this account and 
in the beliefs of the later followers, which are almost as incredible. And these details and the events that follow give us many reasons to believe in the resurrection. First, after Jesus was raised from the dead, Jesus' disciples, his followers, start worshiping him. In fact, thousands of Jews would begin worshiping Jesus Christ almost immediately. Now, the reason this is significant is because the Jews were fiercely monotheistic and to worship a human being was blasphemous. Second, when we look at the eyewitness accounts, they match what we know of other types of eyewitness accounts. That is, these accounts tell the same basic story but vary in the details. The Gospels record that the first witnesses of the resurrection were women. Now understand, unfortunately, in the first century, the testimony of women was not highly valued. In fact, it was not legally admissible in court. And for the ancient world, this would have been somewhat of an embarrassing detail that these women were the first witnesses of the resurrection. Third, the resurrection of the body was a foreign concept in the Greco-Roman world. In Greek thought, the goal was to become more enlightened so that you could escape this world and become just a spirit being that was not tied to the physical world whatsoever. And so the concept of a body being resurrected from the dead was not the sort of thing that a respectable person would believe. Fourth, they never found the body of Jesus Christ. In fact, there are no reports that anyone even claimed to find the body of Jesus. And yet hundreds of people reported that they in fact had seen Jesus raised from the dead. But the thing which has always convicted me the most and is pointed towards the truth of the resurrection is the changed lives of the disciples. Every one of the original disciples, except we believe John, died for his faith, went to his grave, went to his death, believing and proclaiming that Jesus Christ had been raised from the dead. And all that they would have had to have done in order to be spared this death was to say that they had made this up, that it in fact had been a hoax. And yet they could not keep quiet about what it is that they had seen and heard. Are there people today who will die for their faith? Obviously, yes. We see people die for their faith and in fact kill others for their faith. But who is it that dies for a lie, for a hoax? Jesus' followers would have known whether or not what they were saying was true. And they believed with all their hearts that Jesus was raised from the dead. There are many good reasons to believe in the resurrection. It is an event which even critical historians have had a difficult time explaining in any other way. And perhaps one of the best reasons to believe in the resurrection is because of the hope that it brings into our lives. And yet, the resurrection is not something that can be proved beyond anyone's individual doubts. Instead, the resurrection ultimately must be accepted by faith. So now, how about you? What do you think of this resurrection account? What do you think accounts for the disciples' transformation in their lives? What do you think is the best reason to believe in the resurrection? A second gospel account of Jesus' resurrection comes from a first century doctor named Luke in Luke 24, 1-8. Dr. Luke was a careful historian meticulous in detail in all of his writings. He says this, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, 
The women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. All of Jesus' disciples knew that he died on Friday of that week. They were shocked. Their whole world was turned upside down. Especially devastated by Jesus' death were the women among Jesus' followers whose lives had been so dramatically changed by him. Because Jesus died on Friday night at sunset, right at the beginning of the Sabbath, the women had been prevented from anointing his body for burial. So they came as soon as light broke on Sunday morning to do what they so eagerly wanted to do. But to their surprise, the stone had been rolled away and the body was gone. Confused about the absence of Jesus' body, they were suddenly confronted by two angelic beings who asked why they had even come there to Jesus' grave in the first place. The angel said, Don't you remember what he said to you? That the Son of Man would be crucified, but then on the third day be raised again? He's not here. He has risen from the grave just as he said he would be. They remembered Jesus' words, of course but they still did not know what to think or do until Jesus himself appeared to them. Then Mary Magdalene fell at Jesus' feet in worship of him. Soon he was gone, and she ran to tell Peter and John she had seen the risen Lord. Then over the next 40 days, Jesus appeared to the disciples over and over again, proving that he had risen bodily from the grave. Luke tells us in his second book, the book of Acts, that Jesus presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Acts 1.3 So what about the resurrection? Should we believe Jesus came back from the dead? James Nord gave five good reasons for his belief in the resurrection. Let me highlight just two of them. First is the fact that no one has ever found Jesus' body. No one has ever been able to produce Jesus' body to say, look, here, here's the proof that Jesus never came back from the dead. He's still right here in the grave. We can go to the graves of many famous religious leaders, and people do. But when we look at Jesus' tomb, what makes it noteworthy is that it is empty. We believe in and follow someone who is alive, not someone who is dead. A story is told of an African Muslim who became a Christian. It was a difficult decision because he knew that if he became a Christian, he would be shunned by his Muslim friends and family. His friends asked him, why did you leave Islam in order to become a Christian? He said to them, well, it's kind of like this. If you were out traveling on a road, and you suddenly came to a fork in the road, and you were 
wondering what to do. You didn't know which way to go. And there were two men there, one of them dead and one alive. Which one of them would you ask for directions? Good point. The one we put our trust in is Jesus. And Jesus is alive and still working in the world through His Holy Spirit. We know Him and have a personal relationship with Him because He is living, not dead. The second reason James Norrid believes a resurrection happened is because Jesus' disciples all died for their faith because they knew it was true. People don't die for a lie. If Jesus' disciples were only pretending or making it up that Jesus came back from the grave, when push came to shove, that is, when their lives were threatened, they would have only too easily said, sorry, we were just kidding. In fact, when powerful men arrested the disciples of Jesus and threatened them with imprisonment or execution, if they didn't recant, they said, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Acts 4, 19 and 20. They willingly gave their lives rather than deny Jesus, their risen Lord. The resurrection story is a message that has given hope to millions of people around the world. For thousands of years, man was held captive to an unavoidable reality, death. No one could escape death no matter who they were or how much money or power they had. But with the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, that all changed. As C.S. Lewis observed, by the resurrection, Christ forced open a door that had been locked since the death of the first man. He has met, fought, and beaten the king of death. Everything is different because he has done so. The resurrection shows that Jesus is who he claimed to be. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Then he rose from the dead to never die again. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Then he made himself the way to God by becoming the first man to rise from the dead to eternal life. The resurrection shows that Jesus has the power to offer us something no one else can. He said, I have the authority to lay down my life and the authority to pick it up again. John 10, 18. And then he did just that. He allowed wicked men to torture and kill him, but then he raised himself back to life. If he has the power over life and death, he certainly has power over your life and mine. Some years ago, a popular English novelist named Guy Thorne wrote a book called When It Was Dark. The story of this fictional novel centers around the efforts of a wealthy non-believer to discredit Christianity. He begins by attempting to discredit the resurrection. In that respect, his logic is sound, for if the resurrection could be discredited, Christianity would be undone. In the novel, the rich man hires unscrupulous archaeologists to fake a discovery of the body of Jesus in one of the neighborhoods in Jerusalem. On the tomb, they supposedly find an inscription testifying that the owner of this sepulcher stole the body of Jesus and hid it there. The novel then goes on to describe the ultimate effect of such a discovery upon the Christian church and upon civilization in general. 
in powerful passages, he shows how gradually, without the resurrection, the Christian church would crumble and collapse. Without Jesus' power over sin and death, men and women would go back to lust and cruelty and animal instincts. Without Jesus' resurrection, the flame of hope would die out in every human heart. Had the lifeless body of Christ ever been found, the church would indeed disappear and our hope for eternal life would be crushed forever. But thanks be to God, now is Christ risen from the dead. On that now empty tomb is the epitaph written by the angels. The epitaph that ends all epitaphs. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. Jesus' resurrection changes everything. Most of all, the life of anyone who chooses to believe this account and put their faith in Jesus Christ. The resurrection changes our past, our present, and our future. The resurrection matters because our past can be forgiven. The Bible says Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. The Bible says about our guilt, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No matter what we have done in the past, God will forgive us when we put our trust in Jesus to save us. I don't know what you've done. I don't know how far you've run from God. But in Jesus Christ, every sin can be forgiven. Because of Jesus, you don't have to carry that heavy burden of sin and guilt any longer. That crushing weight has been lifted from your shoulders forever. The resurrection matters because our present problems can be handled with Christ's help. The Bible says of Jesus, His incomparably great power is at work in us. Ephesians 1.19 Christ's followers have Jesus' supernatural working in us to handle every situation we might ever face. Ephesians 3.20 Jesus also said we would never be alone. Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And no matter what we face in this life, God's grace will be with us to provide whatever we might need. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. The resurrection matters because our future is secure in Jesus and in Jesus alone. The Bible says, now this is eternal life, that we may know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom God sent. The Bible says in His great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus changes the future of those who trust Him for salvation. He has given us hope, a living hope. And isn't that what we all need, especially now? Last week I asked you if you were ready to put your faith in Jesus in order for Him to save you from your sins. If you are not ready to do so then, have you been thinking about it? If you have never committed your life to Jesus as your personal Savior, then you can do that right now. You can say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I now trust Him as my personal Lord and Savior. Your past in Christ will be forgiven. Your present problems will be handled. Your future will be secure. It's your decision. So don't delay. On the sidebar or bottom of your screen is a chat section. 
click on the next steps button. Then let us know for the way you prefer for us to contact you. We would love to help you put your faith in Jesus today. So please reach out to us. If you're watching this service later on YouTube, you can find a next steps button in the description below. God bless you today as you make your decision to follow Christ. Would you pray with me, please? Father God, we thank you for this time to come together in the name of Jesus and to remember his resurrection and how his authority and power changes our lives, changes who we are, how we live, how we think, how we relate to other people. And today, Father, there may be someone that is listening that wants to draw closer to you for the first time, that wants to respond in faith to what Jesus has done for them. And I pray for them right now that they would not resist, that they would not put off this decision, but they would act upon that decision even this moment. We thank you for every person that is a follower of Christ. And for all of us who are here gathered together for worship, we pray that you would strengthen us, that you would help us remember that you are there to uh, be with us in our past, our present, and our future. And through the power that you alone have, our lives are changed and changed forever. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence in our lives that you have promised to never leave us or forsake us. And in this time, when things are so uncertain in many ways, we have a living hope, Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen.